Welcome to another episode. It's September 30th. Just had game one of the finals wrap up. And honestly, we started, we planned to start this before the end because it was garbage time. Um, Lakers win by, only won by 18, but it was, it was what, like a 32 point game at one point. I got Brandon here, yeah. by the way. Um, let me just start with this because it's, you know, literally just ended like five minutes ago. What's just like your biggest takeaway from, from this game one uh, Lakers victory? Yeah, I, the size differential. Like you just look out and you look at the lineup that the Lakers put out there, um, and just the size. I mean, AD, he's so he's tall, and you know the, he don't have that height now with the lineups that they're putting out there. And then you have LeBron, who's like the same size as Bam. As you, you you know you texted me that he's the same size as Bam, but super mobile, but basically a point guard. Then you also have freaking Dwight and Javale McGee that you can also throw out there as well. It's just like they have a ton of size can tell that bothers them and then if they, i've been saying this you know if they can knock down three pointers like they're unbeatable it's just a fact yeah and that's that was like the biggest weakness for the lakers all playoffs was such super inconsistent three-point shooting and today i mean they finished 40 percent, 15 for 38 that's like rockets numbers almost right there <laughs> not quite the yeah. same volume but 15 made threes and i think it was i wrote it down somewhere i think it was 11 the Lakers were 11 for 17 from three at halftime. Which, yeah, they were blazing. Yeah. And it was everybody too. Like Danny Green, I guess maybe Danny Green is just, this is what he does every year is just, he's kind of inconsistent the first couple rounds of the playoffs. And then once it's the finals, something about it just, he kind of goes to another level. Cause I did look up uh, when he was on the Spurs and they played the Heat in 2014, he shot like 45% from three in that, in that series. That's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I mean, yeah, and I don't know. I like I know I was never worried about Danny Green going into like a big series, but like, yeah, I know that sometimes he might like slack off, but like he's just such a big game player, and he like proved it year after year on these like title runs with various teams. Um, then, yeah, the, just this this team, man, like they were just looking, they were looking dominant out there. It was it was impressive, and you know, Rondo continues to you know be such a a great presence out there for you guys. Playoff Rondo is a real thing. You know, KCP was tr- contributing. Like everyone, like contributed. It was like a huge night for the team. Like essentially, mm-hmm. that was that was probably the biggest surprise. Even more surprising than the Lakers hitting threes was that uh, the Lakers bench outplayed the Heat bench like very convincingly. I think at halftime yeah. it was like a twenty to ten uh, point differential for the benches, and it, yeah, and that's like you know the knock on the Lakers is also their lack of depth but right. yeah like you said rondo uh caruso yeah. too had he had a, a good game for him um and it's funny actually caruso versus tyler hero is like that's like a monumental matchup for white basketball history and seeing them <laughs> fight each other is like, that was just funny to watch but uh <laughs> dude and like what the crazy thing is like if you look at like the um the Heat's uh, box score, like, if you look at that team, there are very few people out there who have a positive plus minus, you know, who play, like, significant minutes. And you look at Dragic, like, at the start of the game, like, they were up with him in the game. Like, Dragic was playing well. And then when Tyler Hero came in, like, again, like, he just had a bad game. He was, like, super off. Um, with the shooting, he was 6 for 18 from the field. Like, he got 18 shots up. That's crazy. He only made six of them. So that's pretty bold from him, but, like, he needs to play way better, um, you know, if they gonna have any chance. But especially without Dragic out there, like he 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 disappointed. Duncan Robinson, like he also didn't contribute too much offensively. Like he he needs to hit a few threes a game at least for them to have a chance. Like there are a lot of things like that you you look at that that team and say like wow like you know Dragic like he he really has a huge impact. Um, but yeah, that's yeah Duncan Robinson and he had at least two of those he was 0 for 3 from 3 but at least two of them were wide open and Mm -hmm. yeah those are ones that if you're going to beat the Lakers he's going to need to hit those uh yeah Hero had a couple wide open ones and then we do have to touch on because this is one of the the biggest reasons for this the reason why it was such a blowout is the Heat suffered three or two or three uh substantial injuries um so yeah Drogic you mentioned he only played 15 minutes and his was weird I mean we saw the replay but how would you even describe what happened because it didn't look like anything right 
yeah, it didn't look like anything like foot wise happened. Like, I don't know if he had planted weird and like maybe like a bone broke or like he felt like something. I don't know, maybe he has like something just like a previous injury that he's like restressed or something like that down there. Like, I'm not fully sure like what the foot history was for him, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't just look like he hurt his foot. Like, it could have been, like, an Achilles, and we talked about that as well. Like, his leg flexed weird, and, like, he looked back like someone had stepped on his foot. Like, that's what everyone does say. Mm-hmm. And it's non, it was non-contact, too. And yeah. that was the the one thing that – and, again, like, we're not doctors, so it's all speculation. But, yeah, the way he looked back at his foot, like, he thought someone stepped on it, and there was nobody near him. Like, that – usually that's kind of a, a scary sign. But he also – he didn't play or he didn't finish uh, game six against the Celtics. And I think, you know, it could, the reason could be just because Tyler hero was kind of, he was on fire that whole series, but if it was injury related, then it could make sense if he kind of re aggravated something that was already, already bothering him. Dang. So that's essentially what happened to KD. Yeah. in the finals, right. Last year. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's that. Yeah. I hope that's not what it is, knock on wood. But I, I mean, he was, he did walk off the court on his own. And like they showed him at one point during like the third or fourth quarter, he was walking around, but he had a pretty bad limp. So hopefully that's not what it is. But I mean, it doesn't look good if it kept him out of, of this, you know, the entire second half. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's sad. I mean, he's, he's uh, 32 years old. I mean, he's not like, you know, like old, old, but you, some guys do start to decline around that age, you know, and, you know, he played, he came from overseas, so he's playing at a younger age as well, most likely in the Euro League. So he probably has a ton of miles on him at this point. And the smaller guards too, at, that's like around that age, like 31, 32, 33 is when they really take like a steep decline. Um, but then Bam Adebayo, I think that's probably the most significant injury because you know, he's become like a household name now. Um, he was kind of a, like a not very well-known player, at least in the regular season, but throughout the playoffs, he's just, you know, he, I mean, he's, I feel like he's won a lot of people over, um, but his injury again, is kind of, you know, it's not like, we are not sure exactly what it is. The heat called it uh, a shoulder strain, whatever that means, but he also was holding his wrist at a different time. So I, I don't know what to make of that injury either, but that's a huge one. If he, you know, if he misses games or, or if he's even just hobbled even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, without him, there's not really, you know, much of a chance they have. I mean, they can't yeah, – they can't, I don't know. Like, you take him away, like, that's such a huge component of this team. I don't – you can't just plug someone else in for him. And he wasn't even – okay, what do you think about – because I, I wrote down some of, like, the big questions I had going into the game, just, like, that I was curious about. So one was, do the Lakers start Dwight Howard again, like they did uh, last series against the Nuggets? And the answer to that was yes. And then I was curious to see who guarded Bam, or who guarded Anthony Davis for the Heat. And were you surprised to see that they put Crowder on AD and they let Bam kind of you know play like free safety almost on on Dwight? I think that the theory is like that, like smaller uh, guys sometimes can get in, like you know, bother AD. Um, you know, just like really get under him and like, you know, Crowder's like he's a decent size, he's mm-hmm. strong, like he's a you know, type of guy, you know, PJ Tucker, for example, had like a few times where he like gave A D trouble. So maybe they're like, Okay, let's let's give him a different look, you know, rather than just bam, let's give him a different look sometimes. So and it, you know, paying bam like that free safety is also like a huge like plus because once he when he's like in that zone, you know, he can pretty much help anywhere and he's like such a great help defender. Yeah, and he can switch on to anybody. So I feel like that wasn't a huge surprise. But then again, like, you know, the Heat are probably the best team in the league at making adjustments game to game. So oh, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, they put Crowder on AD to see, yeah, can he have some success like P.J. Tucker did? Uh, the answer to that question tonight was no, because AD finished with 34, nine rebounds, five assists on over 50% shooting. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see them try something else. Now, if Bam can't play, I don't know what their you know what's their next option. Uh, they even put Iggy on him at one point, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, yeah, both those guys guarded him. I think <laughs> Solomon Hill, who again there was this is like the most yeah, he, Solomon Hill we saw. 
He had a positive plus minus for his time as well. <laughs> plus three. <laughs> if you like read into that stat a lot, that's very interesting for Solomon Hill, who like basically had no feature on this team at all throughout the entire season. Or the bubble, if I recall. And then he just pops up magically and he's like, I'm going to play some minutes. And I'm going to guard the doing, <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and he's doing like, he's doing okay. Um, looks like his three-pointer was off, but mm-hmm. you now he's getting rebounds, it looks like, you know. Had a couple buckets, played solid defense. He's just a bigger body, you know, so he can, uh, you know, handle LeBron. Like, he can actually, like, handle him posting him up. So he's an interesting option for him, you know. Yeah, and that's what, again, with these injuries, the Heat are going to have to get creative. And we saw Kendrick Nunn had a a really good game um, in his minutes, which, I mean, the whole year he started and Drogic came off the bench, so – you know, that's not the worst backup plan to have if, let's say, Drogic's injury is serious and he is out for the rest of the series or out for a couple games. I mean, you might, I, th- I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat actually start none and keep bringing Hero off the bench because Hero didn't that look, sense. yeah, Hero didn't look super comfortable because he started the second half and he didn't look super comfortable going, you know, against starters like right off the bat. So I feel like he's, he's more comfortable coming off the bench, it seems like. Right. I mean, that, that totally makes sense. Um, I mean, playing coming off the bench is different, you know, like you come in with a fresh wind and some of these guys have already like played for mm-hmm. like six, you know, six minutes. Um, you know, sometimes you're going up against the second unit. So there's that as well. So, I mean, it, it is like a different mix up for him. And he's played in big moments, but yeah, maybe it is just different for him to come out like, you know, from the jump. Um, mm-hmm. cause you can tell he just struggled uh, at different moments and like did look comfortable, like careless turnovers and just, bad like bad shots like his shots just I don't know if his legs weren't under him or or what but his shots just weren't they weren't there tonight and he got he got um he tried to dunk on KCP on a fast break and got blocked so that was the sign right there that he you know this isn't this wasn't his night um and again this was weird I think we kind of talked about it with Sean last week about you know how we're kind of starting to notice the lack of a crowd and tonight definitely it definitely stood out, especially during the war, you know, the pregame um, intros and national anthem, because usually the finals is obviously the most hectic and crazy crowd, you know, of the entire season. And it, it was a little weird to not see the crowd at all. Um, and I wonder if that, who does, if that favors one team or, cause you know, some players probably thrive off of that crowd. Um, so I don't know if that, if that plays, a, a, you know, a role at all in this, but it was just something I, I noticed right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, at at this point, I think both of these teams, like, feel comfortable, like, playing without the crowd to, you know, to a certain extent. Like, they've been playing for a while now. They both have, like, had to, like, put out great team, like, efforts and performances, and they've gotten better, like, throughout the bubble. So, like, there's, you know, just reason to believe that both these teams are able to thrive in this environment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it must be it must be weird for them at some times, but at the same time, they're probably just, like, used to this grind as well. like this is like a, a low key, like free ring. Like at one point I told you, I think Rondo was like running down the court. Like he had just like dropped a dime to somebody. and Like he was just smiling. Like this is a free ring, you know, like we're about to get a ring. Yep. And, um, and I think something that I heard a lot on, you know, just like podcasts and on ESPN and those other sports talk shows was that, I mean, the heat are kind of, they're obviously underdogs going into the finals, but a lot of people were picking them to win. And their reasoning was, you know, the Lakers haven't played a team this good the entire playoff run. And I feel like that's kind of, honestly, that could go the other way. Like the Heat haven't played any team anywhere near the Lakers level, right? I mean, they played Indiana in the first round without their all-star, without their best player, Sabonis. Then they play mm-hmm. the Bucks, who technically had the best record in the league. But honestly, I don't think, I mean, the Bucks always had flaws. Plus Giannis gets hurt in game four. And then they play Boston, who... Boston's a really good team, but Boston center is Daniel Tice, not, not Anthony Davis. And <laughs> that was the biggest, um, the biggest difference I noticed because remember last series against Boston, the heat would just run Drogic and bam, pick and roll. And that would just, that was like, unstoppable. Right through them. Yeah. yeah. And now with, with AD as the, you know, the defender on that, he was just, he was super disruptive because Drogic's obviously a really crafty passer, but AD is that good and like lengthy and, you know, has like the defensive instincts where he could kind of guard both Drogic on the drive and the pull up and the lob pass. 
where there was a couple plays where Drogic was like, oh, this is open, tries to throw a lob, AD just tips it out. And he's like, okay, yeah. this is not Daniel Tice anymore. This is <laughs> the, the guy who, you know, finished second in defensive player of the year and realistically had a you know real shot to win it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, he's – AD is just like – he's that good. And LeBron as well. Like, you have, like, these two freaks of nature. And then you have playoff Rondo. Like, they're just – there are a lot of, like, big-time players that are just on that floor. And they're, like, working together. Like, it's ne- I've never seen it done so well, like, where like, everyone is just, like, working together. Even though amidst, like, all this chaos and weirdness, like, like it's nice to see both of these teams have like cohesive units and like they're actually like playing as a team like you can see it like everyone knows their role and like it's just like interesting to see this you know in this in, in these difficult times as well mm-hmm. yeah the the lakers chemistry looked this is like the best it's looked all playoffs i think and oh yeah this is where you know obviously we talk about plus minus you know every once in a while and we always mention that it's not like an all-encompassing stat. And here would be an example of that. Dwight Howard was a – he finished as a minus two. But, you know, if you watch the game, he he had a like a very positive impact on this game. He was getting boards. He was uh, he was frustrating Bam and any of the Heat bigs, to be honest. And then he also had these two sweet dimes on fast breaks to Anthony yeah, Davis so- where I was like, who is this? <laughs> is that LeBron or Dwight Howard? <laughs> I mean, Dwight's only like what, like one inch taller than LeBron. <laughs> yep, and now smaller because he lost he lost all that weight too. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like a power he's like a power forward, like small forward now. I guess like if you think about it, <laughs> he really <laughs> he's a little less nimble. <laughs> yep, and he only played 15 minutes, still got eight boards. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, I'm not, I'm also happy to see that AD got nine boards. It was weird mm-hmm. that he wasn't getting any rebounds for like those two uh those those, those two games. You know, like. I think he ended up only having like what, like three or four of those games or something like that. And I think it was, I think it was three games in a row where he didn't have a single rebound in the first half, and he had four tonight. I made sure to keep track of it because that was like the most random kind of trend that was happening. Anthony Davis going reboundless for multiple first halves in a row. Yeah, that's crazy. It's it's so interesting. I mean, he just, you'd think he just like grab one like automatically, like. I wouldn't even go for him if, like, that was my, my power forward. Like, yeah, just take it. <laughs> like, it's easy for you. Um, but, like, yeah, that's that's interesting, man. What what do you think of Kuzma coming off the bench? Like, he didn't, like, really – he wasn't really on shooting-wise, but, you know, he, he set up, like, a few people. Uh, he had, like, a couple of nice dimes as well, I remember. Um, you know, he got rebounds. And, he you know, he's solid out there defensively as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was definitely super off shooting, only hit one out of seven shots. But, no, he was – he was nice. I mean, he yeah, basically just did everything besides score. You know, he was making plays. And, like, what I did like is that his shot wasn't falling. So, he he instead of settling for, you know, uh, somewhat open threes, he would actually pump fake, put the ball on the floor, and then make, make something else happen. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, he didn't end up getting the direct assist, he would get, you know, the hockey assist or at least just a nice pass to set up, like, a, a couple other passes that lead to a good shot. And on defense, he – he was, I think, when he first came in, he was matched up against Jimmy Butler, and he did a pretty good job of at least, you know, just staying in front of him and making making life difficult on him. So I think it was like a pretty solid Kuzma game, even though he only had three points. Yeah, for sure. You know, he played well. Caruso played well. Um, a lot, of, a lot of energy out there. That was fun to see. Um, he definitely works hard out there as well on the defensive end. Like he, he's a he's a pleasure to watch. And then even like Marquise Morris, man, just hitting big shots like like you said just so many guys came in and contributed like and it, it just seemed all within the flow of the offense as well like everything was just like a perfect pass just mm-hmm. everyone being ready just feeling confident yeah it was a lot different than the Celtics looked against the Heat um especially and the, the Heat didn't do too much zone tonight I don't think they did it a couple of possessions but the Lakers just yeah they looked so much more composed like it was Anthony Davis post up as soon as the help comes, just, you know, perfect pass to whoever the shooter is, catch, shoot. Usually tonight the shot usually went in, and I'm curious to see. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers aren't going to shoot 40% from three again, probably in any game this series besides tonight. But what do you think? It's hard to do this, like, to predict the next couple games just because of the heat injuries, and we don't really know, you know, what's going to happen with those. But let's just say those guys are at least available, um, and, you know, at least, like, 80% of – their full strength 
what kind of um, adjustments do you think the Heat even can make right now? I it's it's difficult to say honestly. Um, adjustment wise, uh, without Bam there, it, it it really just depends on who's coming back. If Bam's going to be there to play, then um, I think that what needs to happen is that. You got to bring, like you said, Kendrick Nunn in the game to to start the game and have Tyler Hero come off the bench again. And, like, in order for them to have a chance, they have to just knock down shots. So Jimmy's healthy as well. Like, he just has to, like, create and just get get guys, like, open looks. And these guys have to be able to knock them down for them to have a chance. I I don't really think there's, like, much more game planning you can do. Um, You can play your coverages a little different on AD perhaps. Like, you know, now put a smaller guy on him. Um, you know, put someone bigger on him. Um, I don't know if there's someone off the bench, maybe Derek Jones Jr. He's too small. Um, it's it's difficult. Yeah, they they don't have anyone that could you know. Might have to be Myers Leonard. I mean, he hasn't played he's in. Big, yeah, yeah, he hasn't played like the entire <laughs> since the return to the bubble. I don't think, and he was a starter for no. them the whole the whole year up until then. Yeah, no, it's interesting. He's a. Uh, I don't know. He's a bit too slow for AD. Like AD mm-hmm. just has something on everybody on this team, you know, like except for Bam. Like uh, he has size Bam. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <laughs> there you go there. So I mean, it's like, yeah, he has something on everybody on this team. So like, I don't know who you can throw at him as a specialist. I guess Solomon Hill is probably going to do some like growth training and try and like grow a few inches to, you know, check him. But I, I don't know who else can come in and make that difference. Maybe yeah. UD. UD comes in, man. It's like, let me – let me contribute, you know. At least Maybe just rough like him up a little bit. <laughs> Man. Yeah, this is, I guess, I mean, if there was any team or any coach um, that I would have faith in, you know, figuring out some way to, you know, scrap together some adjustments, it would be Eric Spolster in the heat. But I don't know. I mean, it's only one game, so I don't want to overreact. But just the, just the, like, the sheer, like, dominant way the Lakers won this game combined with the heat injuries that, it doesn't look too promising going forward for the Heat. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I was hoping to see a long series here, um, but they're they're starting out in a very difficult position now. You know, they're burying themselves here. Um, if you know this next game, like you know, no one comes back, um, and you know these guys just jump out on them, and they, it could just be an ugly game again. You know. Um, there was just such a momentum swing at that one point in the game, you know, after LeBron sat down, mm-hmm. um, after LeBron sat down, it was just like the, the, the entire like moment, momentum went in the, uh, the Lakers favor, you know, once the bench started to come in and from there, the game just kind of like shifted completely and the heat were never like in it again after those early injuries. Yeah. They, you know, they had like a little run at the end when it was Kelly Olenek and Kendrick Nunn in there, but that was just, the Lakers just easing up a little bit just because of, you know, it was all the injuries had just happened and they're up like 32 at that point. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, I want, I was hoping for a long series too. And I mean, we definitely still could get it. Um, but yeah, it just, that'd be like the worst possible outcome is if it's just a quick series because the, especially the last two rounds and the conference finals specifically, but there was some like incredible series and just incredible individual games. So, that would, yeah, that wouldn't be a good way to end this bubble experience if it was a, you know, like a f- five-game series or something like that. Yeah, or a sweep like that. That would be tough, you know, for it to yeah. end that like that way. And it, you got to feel like the Lakers also feel kind of like, oh wow, like I don't really feel like I earned this ring. Like I feel mm-hmm. like everyone's going to put an asterisk on this one. Like if it's a sweep like that, you know, um, like yeah. it's difficult because like. This it's tough to see that there's so many people injured this year and like you know just so many different things that happen with the the league and you know I wish we could have seen like a fully healthy like NBA this past season I feel like we lost that as NBA fans you know with like everyone out there um, like we didn't see the Warriors like competing mm-hmm. like in this whole equation so like I, when you look back as an NBA fan and analyze these series you know year over year you're like this era was dominated by this team um, and now it's like this one right here, this championship, it's like, how do you compare that to previous ones, you know, like with all these like different circumstances and things like that? Yeah. I don't think, like, I, I think there should be an asterisk next to this title. Not, not as like a, it doesn't count, but just as a, just a reminder, like this was a weird year, you know, so it doesn't discredit whoever wins the ring. It's just, just saying like, if you weren't, you know, if you weren't alive for this, 
this uh, bubble experience or you didn't watch it live, like you have to talk to somebody who did before you go back and say like, oh, well, this Lakers team was the, you know, one of the top five teams of all time because they won every series in whatever five games. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to go, you, you had to live through it because it's been weird. You know, it's been a, a weird experience. And yeah, this didn't feel like the final, you know, like it should have been at Staples Center. Should have been an insane crowd, and but it's yeah. better than nothing, I guess. You know, because at at one point we thought there wasn't going to be an end of the season. So yeah, I, I really wish that like this was happening out here because you know I this my like technically well, technically my second summer here uh, in LA and like being out here for the second summer and like witnessing a LeBron and AD like championship parade would probably be like pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean. I guess I'm just gonna have to stay out here and wait for the potential repeat um, at this point. Um, and I feel bad for just talking, you know, ahead directly to this like outcome, especially with the Lakers fan. So, um, but I mean, honestly, just after watching that first game, like you can't help but like feel that, you know, maybe I'm wrong though. Again, it all has to do with these guys' injuries. So, you know, I'm hoping that all of them do recover. So, like again, I want to see a good series, but like you know, Dragic is saying that he has like a a strained calf or something now as well, then I would be like, all right, shut him down. Like, mm. Don't like, yeah. tell him to come back. And that's the thing. This, it's another thing that comes into play is like, they are still doing every other day games for the finals. That's and crazy. that already sucks for the players. Just, you know, even if everyone's healthy, but now with these injuries, uh, again, we don't know what they are. Like, yeah, they have no time to rest. They have one day and that's it. So, I don't know if they're going to yeah. give him some crazy painkillers or what, but yeah, the schedule is not great. Honestly, at first I thought it was going to be every other day, like, uh, you know, like two days in between rather than like, um, you know, just one day in between. But yeah, that's, that's tough to just space these games out like this, you know, and it's, it's weird. Like, again, it just feels like they're rushing them off the property almost. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like because it is, I mean, the NBA is paying, per day so those extra whatever four or five days that would be i guess they are you know they're looking at that like they don't want to spend that but at the same time it's the nba like they're always going to make money even if this year you know is a little less than usual because of this whole bubble experiment they're going to make it back next year so yeah kind of disappointed by that scheduling um and even as a laker fan like i don't i don't want to see a sweep that's boring that's not exciting at all yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you have anything else on this game? Because there's just one other, uh, like, news thing not related to this game that I just want to touch on. Uh, yeah, no, no. Honestly, yeah, there's not much more to talk about here. Yeah. Okay. Just basically just hoping that those injuries aren't serious um, so we can get a somewhat competitive series. But, okay, so the non-finals related news, I just wanted to get your thoughts on. So the Clippers – I guess mutually agreed to split ways with Doc Rivers. Um, so, what do you just? What are your thoughts on that situation? And who do you, if you had to guess, who are some of the candidates you would kind of expect them to look at to hire? You know, Doc Rivers, like he, he's he's a good guy. You know, he's a good coach in the NBA. But I feel like he kind of was put into another stratosphere of coaches that he technically never earned, um, just because he won that uh, that Boston title. Um, in 08, you know, and he had three guys that were, you know, in their primes, like in a big three plus a Rondo on that team. He had a stacked roster and he never really like, he didn't have like crazy success before that. And I look at his, you know, you look online, you see like this graphic, it says like in 03, he blew a 3-1 lead. In 09, he blew a 3-2 lead. 2010, he blew a 3-2 lead. 2012, he blew a 3-2 lead. And then Oh, 2015, he blew a 3-1 lead. 2016, he blew a 2-0 lead. And then he just blew a a 3-1 lead for the third time in 2020. And, like, I don't think that's a coincidence that, like, these these are happening to his teams. And these are teams that, again, had, like, multiple all-stars on them. Mm -hmm. You know, the Clippers, when he had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and just, like, they had a very good team at one point. And they had times where they could have, like, made it to the finals, but it didn't happen. And again with the the Celtics, you know, like he he had again for oh nine and you know, KG was injured for part of that and you know, he's regressing at that point, but like he still had a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, to only get one ring with that was like what was, that was like the first 
modern super team and yet to only come out with one ring like that's not yeah yeah, i feel like he's i feel like he's well respected for coming out with that one ring for some reason you know but like I guess, again, you can point to injuries maybe for 09 and, and 2010, but that's when you guys beat them. And, like, I mean, Kobe was just, like, at, at his, like, winning peak at, at that time. And, you know, Bynum was playing well. Um, yeah, you know, you, you look back and you're just like, yeah, Doc Rivers is a coach. He's such an interesting, you know, like, coach. And we, we, we put him, like, again, like, on a pedestal almost in the NBA for some reason, you know, that he's, like, this elite coach. Yeah, I'm curious to see where he surfaces next. Um, but as far as, like, who replaces him, it's like the logical things, you know, Ty Lue is a lot of people are probably thinking. Um, I also, like, honestly think this could be a chance for Mark Jackson. I know a lot of people have just been, like, floating his name out there. But I could definitely see him, you know, like, coaching um, this team. Like, I honestly could see that he would get a ton of respect. He'd get those guys to play, like, solid defense. Um, offense will come, like, that's not what I'm worried about with this team. Like, get these guys to always play solid defense and, like, just, like, put a culture into there. Like, I think you'll have a good chance. Yeah. Cause that was that was the weirdest thing about the the uh, Clippers, you know, collapsing against the Nuggets this year is that the def- their defense was their issue, which with that roster, like, that was the last thing anything expected uh, would be their, you know, their downfall. Um, and, that, again, that goes back to – that year with the Celtics where they won the championship. I mean, a lot of people credit the, you know, the defensive success to Tibbs because he was the, you know, the like defensive coordinator basically of that team. <laughs> so I think, yeah. I think Doc's also yeah. like a likable guy. Like I think a lot of, you know, people respect he's a him. Coach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, just at this point, you know, he's been with the Clippers for seven years and he's overseen, you know, their two best the two best stretches of you know Clippers franchise history, but also two of the lowest just because of blowing three one leads when they're you know a pretty heavy favorite. I mean the Lob City three one lead where they lost to the the Rockets. James Harden was on the bench like for that entire comeback in uh, whatever game it was. He was on the bench when Josh Smith and Corey Brewer were just going crazy. So they're two like pretty <laughs> historic letdowns. Um, like. How is this possible though? Like, like I don't even get it. Like, they had like big leads in these games mm-hmm. as well. Like, how do you not like just like get these guys to like finish the job? You know, like get out there, like you know, like come up with a game plan to just like keep the foot on you know on the gas. I mean, like, because it's 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 weird that it happens so often. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that's a coincidence. There's not somebody who's like getting them across the finish line. You know? Right. Because I was gonna say like. I mean, I was try- kind of trying to like balance. Like, is it is it fair to blame Doc Rivers for Paul George just being, you know, a complete, a completely different player in the playoffs in a bad way? Like, you know, Doc Rivers didn't <laughs> didn't shoot the ball out of Paul George's hand that hit the side of the backboard. Um, you know, he he wasn't the reason why Lou Williams, you know, averaged like ten points per game fewer in the playoffs that he did in the regular season. But when it happens three times and he's the common denominator you know there has to be something there yeah no I I agree I mean even without Paul George playing you know at a super high level that I feel like there were times where they just they still just had a golden opportunity to just like finish the game off um they were up like big I think multiple times at half Mm -hmm. they just let let go of the lead you know um and they just like lose interest almost and I don't know it's like maybe these guys aren't getting up and playing for this coach anymore like they don't have that same sense of urgency with him, I feel. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, because this Clippers team was, you know, kind of like they acted arrogant and like entitled the entire season, even though Kawhi is the only player on that roster who's, you know, won anything in the NBA. So I wonder if it was just a case of like they tuned Doc out at a certain point. And so that happens in the NBA, but all sports where after a certain amount of years, there's like a shelf life. You know, even if the coach is good, if he's on this, if he coaches the same team for, a certain amount of time it's just they tune them out and you just need a new voice but i feel like like it you know this the firing was like surprising but also not surprising um it was surprising to me because Kawhi and paul george can leave after next year so now they're going to have a brand new coach you know um i don't know i don't know how that's gonna work and you know you always hear the second year with the coach is always the best year that's like second year with steve kerr that's when the warriors went went 73 and nine 
Um, and next year would have been their second year with Doc Rivers. Now it's going to be a first year with whoever. So it's going to depend on who they hire. I would be surprised if it wasn't Ty Lue. Um, but I'm, wait, actually, let me ask you this, because your team, the Bulls, just hired Billy Donovan. I wonder if he's sitting there like, damn it, I should have just waited a week longer and I could be coaching the Clippers. Because he's like a more established coach. Um, but what do you think about that? Well, first of all, my man Joakim Noah got on the phone with Billy Donovan. I was like, look, like Chicago is a solid place. Like, they're going to love you there. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty much like giving you the green light on this one. Like, you should go for it. Um, so first of all, we had that endorsement. And then I think that our management uh, front office honestly was like, look, we're trying to he- hand you the keys to this historic franchise. You know, like they're looking at it like that. Like the mm-hmm. Bulls, like because of MJ, we're like iconic just because of that, like that era of basketball. So our franchise is like worth, you know, a good amount. Um, and because of that, you know, we're like automatically deemed one of these like premier franchises, like the Lakers, you know, the, the Celtics, and the Knicks, mm-hmm. these like big market teams. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting for him. And that's, I think, an opportunity that's different than L.A., you know, where he's, like, got all these other big names around, you know. Like, he can, like, start building, like, his own, like, squad out there. Like, I think that's super valuable. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, I think I think he's okay with being in Chicago because I think about what we saw with him this year coaching the Thunder. No one expected them to be any good. And him along with Chris Paul, you know, I think Billy Donovan was, he was a finalist for Coach of the Year. Um, yeah. And you compare that to when he was with KD and, and Russ and OKC, and they didn't really seem to care for him that much. I don't think they hated him, but they didn't seem to really, you know, even like acknowledge that he was the coach. And maybe it would be like that again if he went to the Clippers and Paul George and Kawhi would kind of just be like, who's this guy? Like, we, we're going to do our own thing. So I think Billy Donovan's better suited for kind of like a rebuilding team where he can, he can like maximize the, uh, like the young pieces that he has there. Yeah, and I'm excited for, like, a real coach to, like, put some, like, offense into action. Like, you don't understand, like, there was no offense that we were running uh, with, with Boylan. Like, there were no play calls or anything. Like, we had maybe a few games where it looked like we actually called some plays. Um, and it would just be, like, a, a basic, like, longhorn. Or, like, so it wouldn't be, like, any, like, intricate play. It would be, like, mm-hmm. just, like, basic things. But, honestly, it's just a ton of iso ball and, like, like motion offense is, you know, like, he implements it. But just like screen and go pretty much yeah so i think i think yeah i think you guys should be able to definitely take a significant step up next year with at least just a coach that people like there that's like the biggest difference um yeah and i did hear i forget who someone on espn today said that they they'd heard um that there's a possibility that doc rivers could go to the sixers and i didn't i don't know I didn't know how to, you know, feel about that because it's so random. Yeah, that, that feels so random for one. Uh, two, I hope not because something tells me he's get like they're, they're going to get like another piece or like figure something out this roster. Like everyone returns healthy, then the last thing you want is him to be like leading this team like in the Eastern Conference <laughs> because he's probably going to relinquish like a three-one lead again or something like that. You know, so uh, I, I, think- I hate to do it to him, but. It was an interesting, um, an interesting idea just because I could see it working out just because it's like, you know, they Doc Rivers, Ben Simmons and Embiid kind of all have the same, like, we know we're good, you know, like we know we, we're good at our jobs, but people are kind of counting us out. Like the Clippers blame me for, you know, their loss before the conference finals. And then Embiid and Ben Simmons are like, we're number one overall picks. We're like all NBA caliber players. You know, we could, that that could work for like a year or two maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he wants so, to go to a good team where there's pressure again. Yeah. I mean, like it sounds like it would be like the pity fest and pretty much these guys would just be like feeling bad for each other. But they're like, let's, let's just team up and like make it work. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like that, that would just feel like such a, like that's a tough position to like put him in as well, because it's like, is he supposed to like elevate them to the next level? Like mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck in like a, a certain like no man's land. Like they're never going to compete with the championship, you know, just these three guys on their team and Horford, you know, and Bede and Simmons and the rest of the roster. There's no way they can ever compete for a ring like with this current like talent, unless Ben Simmons like gets a lot better or, you know, someone else gets a lot better, but it's, yeah, it's looking tough. And I think, I mean, there's also a possibility he's been a head coach, like a, 
you know, prominent head coach. Cause again, like remember last season, it was just last year when the Clippers traded all their, you know, big name players basically for, for draft picks and uh, cap space. He got them into the playoffs as the eighth seed. So maybe that's, that's like the doc rivers uh, role as a coach. It, you know how there's like, there's coaches that take like a good roster over the top. And then there's coaches who can take a younger roster, kind of like what we said about Billy Donovan and just get the most out of it. Maybe that's what doc is. Cause with that Clipper team last year, that was, that was actually fun to watch. That's when I was doing sales for them. And it was cool to watch like that group of, you know, like forgotten players, just like, Oh no, Tobias Harris, no Blake Griffin, no Chris Paul. We'll still get the eight seed. And they, they won two games against the Warriors in the first round. Yeah, it's 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 just interesting. Like I remember when like when the the Clippers were like starting to fall, you know, like pick them again and like start relinquishing the lead. I just remember like texting each time like, oh yeah, but the Clippers are gonna close it out in six. And I feel like every time we talk, we just like, oh yeah, but the Clippers are gonna close it out in five or six. Like no matter what series, like we just felt like they were the most talented team. Mm-hmm. Then it looked like they were gonna do it. They were up three one. You know, they're like, oh yeah, they're gonna close it out in five or six again. And then somehow like i remember that last game when i texted you i was like dude like this isn't even feel right like yeah how it felt it was surreal it was like <laughs> yeah it just didn't make sense and i do think i mean part of that probably is like Kawhi leonard is the only guy again who's won the finals there in terms of the players and he's obviously not like a, a vocal leader at all so it's not i don't think he was out there you know giving like pregame speeches like don't take anyone lightly. Like we could get beat by anybody. And I think they, I think they just looked ahead to the Lakers and, and, you know, it got them like people are going to kind of use the Clippers not getting to the conference finals as a, as a way to like diminish the Lakers championship if, if they win it this year, but that's not the Lakers fault. The, that's the, the Clippers didn't get there and Denver was a really good team. So I'm just saying that I'm just putting that out there before people try and use that to, <laughs> put another asterisk next to this 17th banner if we get well, it yeah let me ask you this mr lakers fan so in your opinion then would this be lebron's easiest like path to the championship in his like career and like winning one uh yeah probably because what i mean in in miami they they had to beat the spurs and then i mean that thunder team was young but again that still had Harden, westbrook and KD and Serge Ibaka. Yeah, uh, did not know what they had at the time. <laughs> so I would say this probably would be the easiest. Um, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say it's the easiest, just just yeah, based on Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, the LeBron Cleveland was had tough. To go against, <laughs> yeah, they had to go against the Warriors. Like he pretty much had to be like he had to like elevate to the next level in order to go for Cleveland to win a championship. Yeah. That was a different type of LeBron. Like he had to carry that team like and score a ton of points. Like. His stats were just ridiculous. If you go back and just like watch some of those again, and these like, again were like in his 30, 31, mm-hmm. 32 year old like season. So, yeah, that was like his, that might have been his prime, prime. It's like between that and then one of his second or third heat seasons. But that's why I, again, that's another reason why I want this finals series to go at least to six games, if not seven, because we mentioned it on an earlier episode. But, you know, the more LeBron gets his back against the wall, the better performances he he turns out he turns in it's just it's it's pretty nice to like he, like see him like you know just continue to dominate though like just i mean like he, he he's a player who you know has just been an icon of our generation as well you know as well as, well as kobe obviously um and now that he is in la and he's just such a polarizing guy like we've been watching him dominate since he came into the league like he's always been like really good but he's like had like an endless prime it seems like 35 years old like it's ridiculous that he's doing this like I can imagine him at 38 like probably still like you know averaging like 20 like eight and eight like yeah. easily probably just by like 25 minutes or something like that yeah and then the playoffs he kicks it up to 32 minutes <laughs> no seriously we could do we could end it with a little bit uh I guess what like just going into the whole don't take LeBron for granted segment do you remember what exactly they said on the broadcast because I know they showed Kareem in the virtual fans and side note there was a ton of celebrities and ex NBA le- you know NBA legends in the crowd so I guess that was their way of making up for this game not be- actually being at Staples Center um, but do you remember what they were saying about kind of like Kareem and his his like super long prime yeah uh, I believe it was Van Gundy right he was uh, talking about um, 
how just like LeBron is like the only other person he thinks can like measure up as far as like having this type of longevity of just dominance. Um, and he was just referencing some of like what Kareem was doing, you know, later on in his like, you know, late thirties in like early forties, like season, uh, season. So, I mean, like what LeBron is doing is just like that, except, you know, LeBron was in the league from the age of, you know, 18 years old. So he's been doing it for even longer in the NBA than like, you know, Kareem was doing at a younger age, but you know, how long will he go is the question. Um, but yeah, Kareem is just, whew. It's crazy and you look at those uh those those numbers like twenty seasons. Um and like he's just dominant from the start. But he came in averaging forty three minutes a game. At one point he was playing forty four. I remember we talked about this, like how crazy it was these guys used to play so many minutes, like back in the day. Yeah, and that's after I think Kareem went to UCLA for four years, I think. Yeah. And just to come in playing damn. That's yeah. So that's that's why that is a good comparison um to lebron and obviously the biggest difference is lebron didn't uh go to college so like i want to say he's not going to be in the nba when he's 41 but at the same time i mean <laughs> you never know i mean he I might be to... trying to play with his son Bronny uh once he gets to the nba like if Bronny like shows a clear path towards making t- making it to the league i think he wants to play with him for one year like actually he said it one time so like He's probably just thinking, like, let me just keep myself healthy, you know, just keep extending this run. But I think he has, like, at least, like, three more seasons in him where he could play at, like, a super high level. Mm-hmm. And I think having having Anthony Davis also helps. And Anthony Davis is at, like, the perfect age where 26 years old, I think, maybe almost 27, where as LeBron can slowly decline, Anthony Davis is still – you know, he's not even at, in his – like full prime yet that'll still be yeah a year or two if, from now if they could also finesse you know at some point getting like another like you know solid like wing or like imagine mm-hmm. if they could somehow make it work out to the point where they could get you know brad beal or you know cj mccullum or just someone else like another guard on this team like that would be crazy to have like another person that's that good um that would make it like super unfair honestly for, for any other team yep and that's i mean lebron would i feel like he would happily you know, take like a, not a, not a super far back seat. Like the seat is definitely scooted up as far as possible. But even like today, he, I mean, Anthony Davis just dominated the entire game. And I think, I mean, Anthony Davis was the favorite for finals MVP going into the series. And I'm sure after tonight, he's just only, you know, even heavier favorite. And I feel like LeBron's completely fine with that. This would be, if the Lakers win the championship and AD gets finals MVP, that would be the first time LeBron won a championship and wasn't named finals MVP. But I feel like he's completely fine with that. He's, he's like at that point in his career. Yeah. That point. It's so interesting, you know, like I, and I was thinking this, like while we were talking as well um, earlier during the game, like you look at his stats, you know, he, he putting up, you know, 25 um, and like 10 assists or something like that, like for the season, right? Like those are season stats he's averaging like some ridiculous numbers. Um, and like, I feel like if he would have like averaged numbers like these in the early 2000s, you know, like even like early 2010s, like those are some like shocking numbers, like honestly, like back in the day, now they don't seem that impressive anymore just because of what people can do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pace is so, um, you know, accelerated now, but um, back in the day, like it felt like, you know, the, the numbers like these would just be like, yeah, it's an automatic MVP or like, you're just like making your team like, you know, a championship team every year, like those numbers. Yeah. And that's the, the craziest part is that, yeah, no, it really is. I mean, he doesn't get the MVP with those numbers just because, yeah, it is like, it's all the perception and like the standards we have for him where, you know, we, we have guys like, I think Trey Young averaged like 30 points and I think 10 rebounds or 10 assists per game. And the difference there obviously is that Trey Young was on, I think the second worst record, uh, team in the league while LeBron's doing it on the team that's in the finals and looks poised to win a championship. So I could, I mean, even if you just go, you know, reduce his numbers slightly for the next couple of years in five years, technically he still could be averaging like 15 and nine assists per game. He could be like the, like a super um, 
like juiced up Andre Miller basically, but until he's like 50. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I can't ever imagine like LeBron not being like a, a dominant, like force in the NBA, honestly. Like I just feel like the, he's just built differently, you know, and like he's just been so like, you know, just durable over the years as well. And he takes care of his body and mm-hmm. he just gets smarter every year, but it seems like his bounce never goes away. Like it's ridiculous. Like some of the dunks that he does, it's like, Whoa, you know, like where that come from? That dunk when uh, <laughs> the end of the second half in the game today where Kuzma, I think it was Kuzma just shot a super long, you know, like a half-court shot after the buzzer and LeBron just casually sprints from like full court and just like first windmill dunks it, even though it obviously yeah. didn't count. <laughs> and then just walks off the court into the locker room. Like he looks like, I swear, when he was younger, he, he, never, he never looked this big before. Like he looks like a power forward for sure now. He doesn't even look like, he used to be a small forward for sure, but, like, he just looks so big now. And, like, just different, you know? Like, this LeBron is different than the previous LeBron. This really is, like, a another iteration of him. And he's already had, like, three previous versions before this. For real. Um, like, he plays nothing like he used to play. It's, all, it's, it's different. He's like a point guard now. Right. And that's where – that's the perfect way to age because think about, like, John Stockton played until he was super old. Um, even think about, like – one of the assistant coaches on the Lakers, Jason Kidd, completely, you know, re redid his entire style of play and it ended up winning yeah. the championship on the Mavs because he turned into just a spot up knockdown three point shooter who's also like a floor general. And why, you know, I feel like LeBron understands that the only way that he could possibly get to six championships or even more would be to, you know, win them as like a fourth you know third or fourth option at best wow yeah man that's that's an interesting uh way to think about it for sure yeah i mean he's not gonna want to have to shoulder that bur- uh, burden anymore you know having to be the guy you know who's relied on all the time like he has ad for that mm-hmm. um and that definitely you know can't be taken for granted um but but yeah it's 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 just interesting like watching him you know like he's he continually getting better and you know putting himself in a good position to you know like play longer and just like play smarter like he's just cerebral out there at this point and there are times when he doesn't even have to rely on his athleticism anymore to just be effective like he has like different moves in his bag now like when he drives to the basket it's a little different he just kind of like bullies his way in to be honest like he's not really blowing by anybody anymore he just like bullies his way in yeah he's just yeah he's so he's so good with like you know playing the angles and just using his body because at the end of the day, no matter you know, no matter how old he is, he's still six nine and the most yoked dude on the court. So he's gonna get his like twenty points per game just off bully ball basically. And then if he hits a couple, you know, couple jumpers or a couple threes here and there, that's how he ends up with like twenty five and then just a quiet eleven assists. What did he end with today? I don't even think we said his numbers. Twenty five points, thirteen rebounds, nine assists, two turnovers, over fifty percent from the floor. 50% from three, five of six from the free throw line, which is the the best number. And that, this might be the best number. He only played 36 minutes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he didn't even need to play that many, to be honest. They, they probably had him in for, for a while and he didn't need to be out there. Same with AD. But, yeah, this is going to be, like, a good, like, solid championship for LeBron because, you know, in the past, his postseason runs have been just, like, in, intense grueling because he would have to, like, put everything, like, on his back like every single game like was either like I play like a hurt, I have to play like the best player in the world have like a, a crazy performance in order for us to win the game like he had to have known that because mm-hmm. when he's on the Cavs at in 2015-16 with no you know Kevin Love hurt no Kyrie like dude he was just like putting the team completely on his back yep even um what was it 2018 um where game one against the Warriors he yeah plays like basically a perfect game he puts up 50 points I think probably a triple double and it's still not enough because J.R. Smith forgets the, what, uh, how much time is left on the clock. So, you know, so like we, like you asked if this is LeBron's easiest championship run, I think it is, but I think it is also kind of just, you know, it's like balancing out from him getting to the finals in 07 and dragging, I think by far the worst supporting cast to a finals. And then he gets swept by the Spurs with, you know, prime big three and people hold that, you know, that's a loss on his finals record, but he's playing with like Anderson, Verge and Mo Williams for probably his 
two best, you know, <laughs> his two best supporting players. And he got that team. He beat, you know, he would have to go up against like the Pistons with, uh, you know, with Chauncey and Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace. And then, oh, next round it might be the Celtics with Pierce and all those guys. And it's just, I think this is kind of balancing out from uh, some of those really tough runs he had where he, where he got to the finals and then ended up losing. Yeah, the East was competitive for many years. Like, it's definitely not as competitive as it used to be, but yeah, he's had to go through some uh, some tough teams at, at, at different points. But definitely the Warriors, like, dynasty is, like, that's been the one that he really had to – he had to, like, have, like, again, perfect play in order to, like, take them down. Yeah. I mean, even if, if we just, you know, project forward past this year, I think it is cool uh, just the fact that Kevin Durant is off the Warriors and now this is the first playoffs in – what four that or five years where it hasn't been like a foregone conclusion that either the Cavs warriors or both are going to meet in the finals. It is, it's been super entertaining, you know, and that's, I think that's what we're going to get going forward because there, there really is no one super team. Right. Yeah. Again, like unless the Lakers uh, do some like drastic move, you know, to just, I don't know why they would do it. I think they I think they'd have like a chance to uh, like make like a big difference, you know, with their, with their team. Um, honestly, like, they if they can get out because I mean at the end of the day like KCP isn't going to be like you know like any like long-term like Laker mm-hmm. um you have flexible contracts with some of these guys and you just wonder if there's a way they can just land like another guy who could be out there like this team isn't definitely definitely isn't finalized you know like I feel like you guys came together for this season and like made it happen but this isn't a finalized team you know Palenka is very ambitious as well so, I mean, I think you keep some of these guys. Like, I'd love to bring Rondo back. Like, mm. I think if you, you know, KCP can, like, talk for less money, like, you know, you consider it. Um, you know, Dwight, if he wants to come back on a team for a friendly deal, like, yeah, like, just make smart moves, but, like, don't overpay anyone, you know, so. I think this has been a good kind of, uh, like, a showcase for other guys around the league who might be free agents that shows, like, oh, okay, I could, you know, I can go play with LeBron and he's not going to be, like a, a bitter aging superstar where he demands to take the most shots every game. You know, he's actually going to let me take more shots than him if that's what's best for the team. And again, like we mentioned earlier in this episode, just the chemistry on the Lakers does look, it looks really good right now. You know, it looks like they all get along and they're, that's why they're playing their best basketball of the year right now. Yeah. And honestly, their pitch to, uh, to free agency in free agency is probably also going to be crazy. Like, I think there's going to be someone who will take a massive pay cut who will want to come and play with you guys just to win a championship. I think the pitch is just simple. I think you bring LeBron, Palenka, um, you know, maybe like Magic Johnson, like just another like legend, um, like in the gym, I think you just bring them in there and you tell them like, look, do you want to win a ring this year? Mm-hmm. Let's work out a deal. Just this one year, like take a pay cut. Like, do you want to win? Are you sure? Like, do you, do you not want to win a ring? Like, okay. If you, want yeah. to lose, sure. <laughs> if you don't want to win a ring, then that's your choice. It's no hard feelings. You could walk out that door right now. But I do think that um, if the Lakers are, you know, like the, the evil empire going into next season, that will only bring out the best from the other teams. And there are, there are so many other teams around the league that I think went all healthy, you know, in a normal season, not this weird bubble situation, but there's going to be a ton of teams next year that are going to be super good. Um, and again, I think, you know, the biggest example or biggest threat would just be the Clippers just because no matter who their coach is, they still have Kawhi who now he's rested. Remember how LeBron missed the playoffs last year for the first time in a century, basically. And now how he looked like just super fresh right out of the gate this year, you know, Kawhi yeah. is almost at that point where he he's, he looked banged up, you know, the entire year obviously taking games off for load management and now he gets an entire uh entire off season off so i would not be surprised to see the clippers come back next year you know get the one seed in the west and against another just war in the conference semifinals and conference finals yeah that's what's scary he just might get better honestly um and like he he might come back and like just be like again like a legitimate three-point shooter just come Mm -hmm. back with something new in his game like He's, he's the type of guy who's put in that work and just improved, like, solely off of that. You know, and hopefully Paul George can get with him and, you know, just, like, kind of, like, get his, like, confidence back. Because all he needs to do is to be, like, you know, a fraction of, like, what he could be. But, like, he just wasn't enough. Like, he just wasn't himself at all um, during the series. So, you know, I don't know if it's, like, a confidence thing or just getting up with, like, you know, certain trainers he used to work with. But 
um, I'm definitely rooting for him to just like get back to the way he was playing before. Yeah, and the Clippers again have a a really good front office still. You know, with uh, Lawrence Frank as their GM, and then Jerry West is still he's still helping them, right? Like consult or whatever. Yeah, whatever they call it. So they have some moves to make too, I'm sure. Um, and then yeah, the Warriors are just going to be right back in the thick of things next year with their uh, with their number two pick, and who knows what that turns into. Um, and then we've obviously yeah. this playoffs not to you know not to sleep on the Nuggets anymore. So the Nuggets could be in the in the West Finals again next year. That's not that wouldn't be a surprise. I, honestly, do, do you think that the, these bubble Nuggets could like beat the like war, say if this the same bubble Nuggets team gets like slightly better next just next season natural progression just natural mm-hmm. improvement do you think they could beat the Warriors like in the playoffs if the Warriors come back like with their just basically their previous team plus the second pick yeah definitely I mean like, something tells me this Warriors team isn't going to be like the same as it was before like just feel the same you know like I don't know if it's going to be as dominant as it was before you know especially yeah. coming off these injuries it might take a year even after a year I don't know because Draymond's getting older they don't have Iggy anymore. They don't have mm-hmm. like the same like exact like squad. I don't know who the second pick will be. Maybe it's somebody who's gonna, you know, be transcendent or someone who's gonna step right in. But um, yeah, it just doesn't feel like the same team anymore. Especially yeah. you know, KD, obviously. But right, I, I think like, the Warriors just like I, I mean, I hated them when they had Kevin Durant. You know, sports hated them just because I it just I don't know. I didn't think it was fair. But now that he's gone. They are kind of back to remember how they were when Mark Jackson was the coach, and I mean even their first year with Kerr, where they they won their first ring, they were like super easy to root for just because they're all you know they all had really cool stories like Steph going to a mid major and then even Clay being like a mid first round pick and then Draymond being a second round pick. Um, they're just easy to root for just because they played you know they just played like a easy to watch like a fun to watch style of basketball, and I feel like I feel like they'll get that back. It probably yeah, it definitely won't be to the you know to the same level as it was four or five years ago. Just because, like you mentioned, Iggy's not there. Uh, who's the other? Guy? Oh, Sean Livingston's not there. Like Bogut's yeah. not there. They're missing a lot of those key pieces, but they're not going to have any pressure next year. So that's where I feel like that's where they're at their best. You know, when Steph and Clay are just that's, having fun, letting yeah, it fly. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I just hope you know they're both like just in rhythm when they come back. You know, they don't have to have like that period where they have to. Uh, know kind of get used to the the league again but yeah I mean who knows they pick up in free agency as well who knows who they draft like they have such a great front office like I would not be surprised if they just you know flipped in somehow like another like solid veteran and you know a couple role players and again like a very good first round draft pick or they trade that pick for something you know who bring in someone and you forget they have Wiggins there like Mm -hmm. Wiggins is just like trade bait they're just like waving him like honestly like that draft pick, I just be like these two right here. Give me somebody, you know, like give yeah. me Brad Beal or just like give me someone interesting, you know. Yeah, someone who could help right away. But yeah, you know, give me playoff P. Like maybe <laughs> we can do something with him. We could fix him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, Wiggins plus the the second pick. Would you take that for uh, playoff P at this point? If, if the money the worked out. I would probably Maybe demand one more draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. I would get something else. The only reason I would say no, if I were the Clippers is just because I'm sure Kawhi, you know, he wanted Paul George there with him. So I wonder if trading him unless Paul jo- or unless Kawhi, you know, gives you his blessing to like, yeah, get rid of, get rid of playoff. <laughs> I don't like him anymore, but yeah, I don't, you know, you can't upset Kawhi if, you know, in his, what could be his last year there because yeah. if the Clippers don't win the championship in the year or two years that they still have Kawhi and Paul George, they're going to, they're screwed for like the next like five or five to seven years. Cause they don't have any of their picks. The thunder have them all and they'll have no, no players. Something tells me he might just want to stay there though. I can see it. He is from, he is from uh Palmdale. So, you know, I, I, I know he's from, uh, he's, he's, he's from uh, Riverside. Riverside, Paul George Riverside. from Palmdale. Yeah, Paul from Palmdale. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I think I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, from Riverside. So I mean, like, he's 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 already from out here. So I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think he might just want to be close to family, to be honest, or just be close to home. Um, although you know, as a Bulls fan, obviously knowing that we have 50 million in cap room, you know, <laughs> the following uh, off season after this one, you know, 
um, it's it's exciting to know that we have options out there. And I feel like a lot of people would love to like fill Jordan, try and fill Jordan's legacy in Chicago. Like, yeah, he'd be a little old at that point. He'd be what, like thirty four, but he's still a robot. You could just update his software, and that could that could work out. But basically, yeah, next year is going to be. I mean, this already felt like a separate season, so next year's basically the third season in a two-year span for the NBA. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ball Till You Fall podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, download, all the above. Uh, we're Honestly, we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above, but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and you know downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes. So be a nice person today. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, the world needs more nice people out there. So just search Ball Till You Fall podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there. Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.